is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Good morning, church. Hey, it's so good to see you this morning. It's so good to be here. What a pleasure it is. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about money, money, money. Da-da, da-da. It's been in my head all flipping week. I can't get it out of my head. It's a, it's a, it's a great Abbott classic. Um, so I'm going to be continuing our series on, on well-being by talking about finances and how God is interested in your finances and your financial health or well-being. For those note-takers amongst you, I'm going to take the points now, okay? There you go. Got this down. I'm going to be talking about stewardship and not ownership. Stewardship and not ownership. I'm going to be talking about how God cares about your financial and material provision. And also, I'm going to be talking about how we should be generous givers. How we should be generous givers. For the theologians amongst you thinking, gosh, this guy is not digging deep in a Bible verse today. Well, yes, that's the case. But, however, the Bible talks a lot about money. A lot. So we're going to dip, dip into Chronicles, Timothy, Proverbs, Psalms. So a lot. Okay. Um, so, yes. Good financial well-being is about having financial peace, which ensures that we have a bank account which we can save and give to. Um, so let's start. Elliot, how much do you have in your savings, boy? Oh, it's... Oh, funny that. Funny that. And we don't want to, do we? We don't want to discuss that. It's an uncomfortable position. You can see his face now. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable talking about, about money on a deep level and sharing it amongst yourselves. I personally don't like talking about money. I don't. I like to keep it just in the office, talk about that. Um, and if I was to ask you how much you get, how much have you got saved up, or anything like that, I think that many of you will feel uncomfortable. Um, we don't like talking about it. But, you know, in a church where we have people from all sorts of different backgrounds and stages in life. Um, some of you may have grown up in families where money was never talked about, it was never a topic that you discussed with your parents or anything like that. Whereas others, like myself, grew up with parents, particularly a dad, um, who talked a lot about money and principles of finances. So today I'm going to talk about money, so get ready to feel a bit uncomfortable. It's okay, we're in this together. Um, and I really hope there's going to be some breakthroughs you this morning. Um, Graham talked about it when we set up the the series about this series. We want real breakthrough in people's lives. Um, Because guess what? God is interested in your well-being. He's interested in your finances. In fact, he's interested in all aspects of your life. Um, So yeah, so when we talk about finances in this day and age, we have to talk about COVID. We have to talk about the pandemic has given us issues that we're going to live with financially for decades to come, aren't we? This, did you know this nation has thrown the same amount of money during the pandemic as we did with the Second World War? Isn't that mad? Isn't that crazy? We've seen a real disparity between the rich and the poor in this society, in Derby, in this country. And fundamentally, COVID and the pandemic has only made that gap wider. The rich have got richer. The poor have got poorer. And we're feeling that in Derby, aren't we? We're feeling that in the city, in this community. Um, we were praying a life group recently about desperate people we know on the edge, 
worried about cost of living rises, about fuel costs, about energy rises, thinking how they're going to put food on the table. And you know what? That could be how you're feeling this morning. That could be how you're feeling online this morning. You might feel guilt and shame when you talk about finances. You might be feeling on the edge right now. You don't know how you're going to get through this next week, this next month. I want to say, right off the bat, God cares about you. He's interested in what you're going through, and he wants to comfort you this morning. And I hope this talk does. On the other end, you might be similar to me, I'll be honest, where COVID has sort of allowed you to have a bit more surplus of requirements than usual. That's, that's, that's true. In fact, it's health savings because maybe you've not been allowed to spend as much. You've had a bit more reserve than normal. And that's the great thing about church, isn't it? We have people from all walks of life, all different backgrounds. So this morning, I want to comfort those who feel afflicted. And I want to challenge those who feel comfortable to go to another level in their generosity. Okay? So why is financial well-being important? Well, lack of financial peace has a huge impact on many other areas in our lives, isn't it? One recent survey found that 77% of UK residents are stressed about money. 17% describing them as very stressed. On top of this, 14% of people say that, say that they worry about money every single day. Gosh. You know, we can find that our emotional health and definitely our, our spiritual health is affected by financial worry. Why isn't God helping me with this moment? Why am I struggling? Why do I feel left on my own? You know, I'm still relatively young, relatively, and my marriage is still in its infancy in the grand scheme of life. But I've seen, I've heard, I've witnessed myself that through the grace of God, through the grace of other people, finances can be a source of blessing for you and for others. And we want, to, we want God to move in this area for us as individuals, as families, as collectively as a church, and to bless our community. But firstly, there's a couple of principles we've got to learn. First principle is we've got to learn about stewardship, not ownership. We can think that most of the time, this is my money. I've earned it. I've saved it. I've invested it. I've worked hard for it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. But scripture tells us differently, doesn't it? From the beginning of the Bible, we see that Adam and Eve were given the gift and responsibility of enjoying and stewarding, looking after creation. Sadly, since the fall, where Adam and Eve sinned by disobeying God, we have this inbuilt human tendency to live independently of God, viewing our lives, our possessions and money as our own. However, thankfully, through Jesus, God has restored us to a right and true relationship with him. We who follow Jesus are to have a new perspective, seeing that everything we are and everything we have ultimately comes from God. And what's an important mindset change to have, guys, it is, which starts with taking responsibility for our own lives. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Once we accept that we ourselves belong to God, then we can embrace the fact that so does everything else we have. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, all our gifts, 
all our abilities, all our stuff, our phone, our clothes, our salary, our savings, our investments, our pension, fundamentally, all of it is God's, which he has entrusted onto you, and you to steward it well in this life. The key thing is, how are you going to steward? You're not the owner of this stuff, you know that God is. And once we get that key principle, once we get that key issue, this is all God's. We can start by enjoying internal freedom from financial fear and worry. By loosening our grip on things, by slowly letting things go and realising ultimately it's not up to you, it's up to him. I'm doing what God tells me to do. And that's freeing. That's what we want to be as, like as a church, isn't it? We can start by, oh sorry. So how do we get that mindset change of stewardship and not ownership church? Well the answer, simply, Spend more time with God. Spend more time with him. As we spend more and more time with God, he will change your mindset and heart to make you more like him. Isn't that amazing? That we know is true. So I ask you, church, this morning, and hopefully when life groups are back, we're going to talk about the more in life groups. Have you currently got an ownership mindset or a stewardship mindset? God wants to change that within you. Once we get that stewardship principle deep within us, it can help us to find a real biblical balance for what God's plan is for our financial well-being. But you can really hear the water through the mic as you... <laughs> didn't expect that to be that loud. Uh, okay, before I continue on... There you go, loosen up a bit. Before I continue on... I'm about to get serious, so there you go. Before I continue on, I want you to view what I'm next about to say with this condition. We don't teach as a church you're more spiritual if you have nothing. Nor do we teach you you are more blessed if you have more. The, the prosperity gospel is wrong. Your spiritual standing before God and your faith does not depend on how rich you are or how poor you are. It doesn't depend on that. And we know this. But what I will say is that God does not want you to have lack. We know that God provides for his people and God cares for you. And we can have a fear of lack. We can have a fear of not having enough. That God's not going to provide. A fear of not having financial or material provision. What do we do with that fear? How do we overcome that? Well, before I answer that, on the flip side, we could have a reliance on abundance of material possessions or an acquisition of wealth. A feeling of, I'm only going to be happy if I have this. If I have that, then I'll be content. Just a little more of this, just a little more of that. And it's important to find a balance between the two, isn't it? How do we do that? Well, firstly, with that fear of lack, with that fear of not having enough, with the fear of God not going to provide, let's look to the Bible. We see that in the Bible, time and time again, that God provides for his people. It's a consistent theme throughout. God provides manna for the Israelites. He provides food for the prophets, particularly Elijah and Kings 1. 
in 1 Kings story. Jesus feeding the 5,000, the 4,000, time and time again, God provides. And Jesus answers the question on how we remove that fear of God not providing in Matthew 6 on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, um, verse 33 in the ESV says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Once we seek him and his kingdom, God promises provision. Wow. Even so, when we don't feel like that, don't feel like that's coming, Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 9, Ask me, ask, give us today our daily bread. The, that verse is Jesus saying, ask me for my provision. Seek me, spend time with me, and ask for your daily provision. And we can pray that over others. When we see people who are desperate, who are struggling, we have the ability and the capacity to go and seek God and pray and ask. And God listens. Lord, please give them their daily bread. Give them provision. And that's powerful. We have that ability to do that. That's amazing. That's, up to, that's thanks to God. And if you're here this morning and you're struggling that fear of lack, that fear of not having enough, of not being provided for, I'm asking you today, tell Jesus that you're feeling like that. He wants to hear that. Tell others as well that you're worried. Let them pray with you and for you. That's what a church community is for, guys. We're not supposed to do this on our own. I'm telling you, God listens, God cares. God will provide. I know that as an individual, um, talk about myself again. <laughs> I know that as an individual, uh, God has provided lots for me. He has. I'm in a blessed position that I have had lots of financial blessing and material possession growing up. Um, so this is a joke now, so just be warned. Um, well, when I said to my dad that I'm going to be talking about financial well-being, and we talk like three, three, four times a day. That's what happens when you work with a guy. You just end up talking to him all the time. Um, so I said to my dad, oh, Graham has asked me, Dad, that, um, to do a talk on financial well-being. He said to me jokingly, he likes funning me up, what do you know about financial well-being, boy? What do you know about it? You've never been poor? Why are you talking about this? I said, thank you very much, Dad. Cheers for that. But then we started talking a bit more. And that was very much the perception of things going up, you know, for me. I was very well provided for. Got really everything I needed. But behind the scenes, um, there have been some issues where God has had to step in, step in in my family. So 20 years ago, the company I have run now, Blue Mountain Homes, it's a children's home, residential home company, was started by my, my parents. And they entered this business partnership with an individual local to Derby, who, to be honest, let them down really badly. Um, and that business, that, business bar, I'm sorry, that business partnership breakup, it's hard to say, brought them very nearly to the brink of bankruptcy. It was tough times. Our parents who are Christian had to make a decision, really. Do they just take the financial hit, start again, build back up, you know, move on with this, start again? But what they did instead was sought God's provision. And my mum shares with me that God spoke to her and said, carry on with this, give this a go. God said to her that, you know, God wants you to look after children who need help. So they did it. They did. They took that risk. I said, okay, God's saying, go, I'm going to go. After that, God really stepped in. 
provided my parents with base, with a team around them, with doors open that were previously closed, and from there launched something that has turned out to be really quite successful and really helping and blessing lots of children in care. And there are so many stories like this, so many stories like this, in this church, I'm sure, amongst you guys, as a family of people, where God has stepped in and provided financially material and provision. So what I want, what I want us to do in, in life groups when we speak amongst one another is share, share this, encourage one another about this. Because sometimes this happens and we don't really feel like it's important to share. No, it's building up the church, it's building one another up. Encouraging people um, when God has provided for you. So pray, if you're feeling that lack of, that anxiety, firstly pray, secondly tell others, God can step in, God can help. And with that feeling of being, uh, becoming too concerned, too materialistic and concerned with financial and um, physical comforts, or the acquisition of, of wealth or, or possessions, the solution is the same. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first God. Don't worry about possessions. Don't worry if you have enough. Seek him. Seek his will. God, fill that. So God's plan of financial well-being has that foundation of stewardship, and not ownership, it's not ours, it's God's, and also having that knowledge that God will provide for us. So what's next? Well, now we're going to get very practical. Some of you may know I'm an accountant, so if it feels like an accountant lesson now, it is going to be. It's going to be. That's fine. So, so God's plan for our financial well-being is the need for us to manage the resources we are given. And to do that practically, to do that realistically, we need to ensure that our income is more than our expenditure. And once we have that income being more than our expenditure, we have something called a margin. You just bet you didn't think you'd hear margin today. That's something called a margin. Finances that we can do something with. Finances that we can either save or bless or give or do something with. And some of you are thinking here, some of you online are probably listening to me thinking, I will never be in that position someday. Never. Where I have finances that I can do something with. Where my income is more than my expenditure. Well, I'm telling you, I think we all need to be in that place. And you know, as a church community, I think we can all work hard and be together and pray and help another for us all to get to that place. And the first step in doing that practically, getting that margin practically, is having a budget. Having a budget. Do you know how much money you are spending? Do you have a financial plan, guys? Do you? If you don't, guess what? You should. You really should. Do you have a clear idea on how much reasonably you can afford to spend? And I encourage you now, church, have a budget. And you know what? Let's set a target. Set a date. I'm going to set a date with you. Monday the 4th of April, just before we did financial start of the year. Get that budget down. I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to forget this. Um, second tip. Do everything you can to stay out of debt. I'm not talking about student loan things like that. I'm talking about debt with credit card or short-term loans. Practically, don't let them accumulate. It will spiral and spiral out of control. It will. Thirdly, something that pops into my head. 
Don't gamble. Gambling is wrong. And if you start in terms of that addiction, it will leave your life. If you're listening to this and times are hard and you're in debt and you don't know how to get out of this, this preach isn't trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about this. What I'm saying is let's work together on this. You're not supposed to be isolated in this. Speak to your life group leaders about this. Speak to other church leaders. Seek help. There's no shame in that. If you're in debt right now, and you're struggling to get out of it, start now. You can always start in a place. Start from today. Say, I want to work on trying to get out of this debt. And we can point in great organisations in the right direction, like Christians Against Poverty, who run courses to help with getting individuals out of debt. It's never too late, and we want breakthrough in this, in this church. And that's you right now. Come speak to us. Point in the right direction. We'll give you a hand. We'll help you. And God wants to set you debt-free, spiritually, physically, and financially. Also, if you need help with budgeting, I've got some great Excel sheets that I can send you. Send my email. I'm sure you do as well, lads. Um, there you go. So that's expenditure. But another way to make sure that our income exceeds our expenditure, so we have that margin that we can do something with, is to increase our income. Gosh. John Wesley, the great preacher and the founder of the Methodist Church, um, said in the 1700s, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. And it might not be a surprise to hear in church where, you know, save and to give, but to encourage to earn can be slightly uncomfortable. However, in order to put us in a position where we can save and give, we need to earn. So I'm sure Paul will talk about this next week when he talks about vocational well-being. But if you're struggling with that margin and you are able to work, you should work. And unemployment is high and you may be unable to work. And I really understand that. I'm not making light of that. But fundamentally, if you want to be in a position of healthy financial well-being, the most practical way of doing that is, in, in, is increasing your income. And the best way of increasing your income is to work. I look around today and think about our church. We have some hard workers. We have professional workers, some businessmen, and entrepreneurial people. And I say, let's have more. More blessing on us collectively as a church. Not because we want to accumulate more wealth, more stuff. No, that's not the, that's not the objective. That's not the mindset. No, let's earn more so we can bless more. Let's earn more so we can bless more and more people with it who are going through dire needs at the moment. God doesn't want us to sow finances in us in order for us to look amazing and be you know, great looking or whatever. No, God wants us to bless his people. Okay? That's challenging. I know that's challenging. I know that might be controversial to people. I feel like that's important to say. So going back to John Wesley's quote of earn more, save more, give more, we've talked about earning already. Now, saving is important for our financial well-being. Proverbs 13 verse 11 says, Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Guys, saving is important. Not fear-based hoarding, but making wise provisions for the future is important. And if you're not saving, then do so. But firstly, get to that 
position where you have a margin and then save. Put aside a bit each month to save. Save for emergencies, whether it be car trouble or boiler breakdown, etc. Save for specific needs. Save for the future, whether it be like wedding or retirement, housing, housing deposit. Save for once, etc. And it's important to get to that place where you are saving. So go for it. Make this the year when you start saving. And you know what? What's important? This links on to my next point. Save for giving to others. We are called to give more. My recommendation is that you put some money specifically aside for giving. And I'm not talking about tithing here. I see that as separate. What I'm talking about is putting money aside to bless charities, to bless others specifically, to be generous. And if you aren't in that place yet, but you don't have that margin, then work on getting to that place first. But if you do have the opportunity to give, then you should give. And you should give generously. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 18, Paul encourages Timothy to tell the rich among him to command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Now, I know that being generous is a big calling for myself and for Rianne as a couple, and hopefully one day as, as a family. And it's why I truly believe I've been blessed with financial provision and with opportunities to be generous. And you know, that's a hard thing, and that's something that I feel called to do, and it's a mindset, and I'm, I'm working on that each day, each month, year, each year, to be more generous. And I feel called to do so, and I want to do so. And we as a church should have that sense of generosity at the core of our saving and spending, both individually as a church and collectively. And you can start that today, right now, by supporting Jody's bake sale, by giving to the efforts in the Ukraine, by having that listening heart to God on how you can be generous day to day, by giving to Jubilee Church. Yeah, I was going to talk about it. By giving to Jubilee Church, who are supporting and blessing so many people, give generously. We as a church, when people are so desperate in this world, want to be known as a church who are generous. We want people to hear the name Jubilee Church Derby and think, gosh, these guys are generous. It starts with us. And that's the key point. To be, sorry, to be open this year, when times are tough, when we're going to, when we're going to be facing some real difficult times, surrounded by desperate people, to be people of God, who listen to God, and be generous. That's the key point of God's plan for financial well-being for me. Getting to a place where you can be generous, and then being generous. Making practical steps. God ordains steps where you can aim to be generous. Because that's what we're called to do. We are blessed so we can bless. That's it, T. We are blessed so we can bless. And I hope you work on that this week, this year, this month. So to summarize, we are called to be stewards and not owners of resources. God's entrusted us to steward well. We are to avoid that fear of lack that God's not going to provide by making sure we spend time with him. 
and trusting in God that he can provide. We should make a budget and aim to have our income more than our expenditure. God doesn't want you to be in debt. So seek help if you are. We should create more income if we can. And we should save and we should give generously. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 says, For you know that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Let's praise Jesus that he came from the riches of heaven, amen, to lay down his life for us, even though we were poor and dead in sin. Through his generosity and his grace to us, we may know him, and have eternal life. So may he be at the centre of your life so we can manage, steward, and lead ourselves well with a generous heart to the glory of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at 